Welcome to Connect to Joy. Your host, Carol DeShane, is an intuitive spiritual guide for practical matters and Marconic multidimensional energy practitioner. Her quest is to help you realize new possibilities, discover and release what holds you back, and enable you to manifest an inspired life filled with joy. Join us on this journey of transformation. Now, here's your host, Carol DeShane. Welcome, beautiful spirits. This show is about second chances. Do we give them, and do we take them when they're presented to us? Usually we think of second chances as dealing with a person, and usually a romance. They did us wrong in some way. They abandoned us. They cheated. Maybe they lied, or they stole our money. Whatever it may be. But second chances can be about anybody or any situation. So let's dig into it and see what we come up with. First, we'll talk about what a second chance is, which I think we're all on the same page, but just to be sure, why something may not have worked out, why we want to try again, and then we'll talk about some different situations and about people that you aren't romantically attached to and people that you are. And then we'll also talk about this eight bad reasons to give someone a second chance, because sometimes we really shouldn't do it. The 10 questions to ask yourself before offering a second chance, just in case you're not ready to do it. And the five really good reasons to offer or accept a second chance. So first off, what is a second chance? A second chance is when we take another try at a situation or a relationship with a person that it didn't work out for some reason the first time. And that could be for any reason, right? Each situation or person is probably a different reason, but let's look at a few. Generally, it didn't work out because something in our expectations weren't met. We were uncomfortable. It didn't work out for us. We couldn't say, yes, let's continue. Whether it's a job or a person, we couldn't keep going. So, for example, if it's a job, people may have stolen your ideas. You may have been asked to work too much overtime when you were told there was none. Your boss may have passed you over for a promotion or a raise. There are lots of reasons why you might think, should I give this job a second chance? Should I give my boss a second chance? Or maybe a coworker? If it's a friend, they may always be late. Maybe they're always negative or going through a bad time and Friends you want to be there for, but if they're never in a positive vein, they can just suck you dry of your positive feelings or the energy that you might have after you're done with them. You might lay on the couch and go, oh my God, ugh. Or maybe they're just not dependable. You can't depend on them. Or maybe they're not honest with you. They lie to you about things. Or they go after someone you're dating or cheat with your spouse, which we've all heard those stories and hopefully it didn't happen to you. Some people are easier to give a second chance to than others. And in a romance, like I said, lying, cheating, stealing your money, abandoning you, ignoring you, treating you poorly, or God knows, abusing you, those are all things to look at before you decide if you want a second chance or if you want to offer it to somebody. But those are so many different reasons why something might not have worked out. But if things are so bad sometimes that we leave a situation or a person, why do we want to give it another try? Well, we're human beings, right? We hope things will work out this time. Sometimes we just don't want to give up on something or give in because we want to be right. We want to make sure this is working. 
We see the possibilities sometimes of what may or may not ever be true. We see the person with rose-colored glasses or the job going, this is my dream job, this has to work out. This is my dream person. Why isn't it working out? Why are there these issues that aren't working? But maybe what you're seeing isn't even true about this person or this situation. Maybe there is something better for you. Or maybe you just need to try again. So why do we give it another try? Because we want what we thought was going to happen in the first place to actually happen. I don't think too many people go into a wedding thinking they're going to get a divorce. There's a few instances where they do it on purpose, but very few. Most people are happy. Most people want to get married or they wouldn't do it. It's a big hullabaloo, right? If you know what that means, it's a big to-do to get married unless you run off. So you don't want to just give up at the first opportunity that things aren't going well. But then again, we may want to fix the other person because you're thinking, I can make this better. That person was wrong. I need an apology. And then I think I can fix them. I can change them. And um, we all know where that leads, don't we? To the same person over and over and over again with different clothing, maybe. Sometimes we just get the same situation or the same person, which is so easy to see in another person and not us. But if we want to fix somebody and we think we can, we might want to give this situation or this relationship another chance, thinking we can make it better. Or maybe we're just afraid that another chance at love or or something else that we want, that perfect job just won't come along. So we kind of go back to what we already knew. Now let's get into some of these situations. And I mentioned a little bit about this already. So when do you need a second chance or when do you want to give them? If your job, if there is not enough salary or vacation or general, just general time off, PTO time, maybe your medical was poor, the benefits in general are pretty bad. Maybe you hate the commute or maybe you love it because you're at home. Or maybe you hate that you're at home and you want to get away from the house. Maybe you don't like your coworkers and they're hard to deal with, or your boss is just a witch. That person is horrible. Maybe there's just really bad communication there. So you don't know whether you want to get another job or you're trying to go in. Maybe you could go in with a different attitude and get a different result from the people you're dealing with. Or maybe you're thinking, hmm, I need to go back to school because maybe if I just had more street cred so to speak, more schooling, more maybe a degree, that then they wouldn't overlook me because then they would go, oh, or maybe if you do some extra volunteer work on the side that's in your particular job type of thing so that they go, oh, look, they've also done this, this, and this. They volunteered. Maybe you're on a different committees or something and you're going, so the boss looks at you in a different way. The decision on whether to give a job a second chance You don't really have much say in whether the job gives you a second chance. You can decide whether you want to accept it at where things are or where you want them to be. Is it worth staying? Is it worth letting it go? Another situation that you may find is your home when it needs repairs because maybe the plumbing constantly breaks down or the electrical shorts. Maybe you have a lot of bugs at your house and you can't seem to get rid of the critters. You have high crime in the neighborhood. A bad landlord, bad roommates. What do you do? Do you move? Do you take that time? Do you figure it out and go, is this worth it? Maybe the crime isn't so bad because it's not the kind of crime that bothers you. It's white collar crime. And you're going, 
I don't care. Well, it's not great, but I'm not part of that. It's not really impacting me. Maybe people are constantly turning over garbage cans and you're going, well, mine are in the backyard or on the side yard, so nobody touches mine. Just a bunch of kids being pain and they don't spray graffiti or do anything that you can't deal with. But maybe they do. Maybe it's people breaking into houses in the area, stealing cars. Maybe there's murder. I mean, it could be any kind of crime. You think about it and you go, is this safe for me? Do I want to be here? So do you let it go or do you give your area and your house, so to speak, a second chance and your whole situation there? What do you do? Is it worth spending money? Can that work? Or is it that it's the area itself and you have no choice, so you're going, nah, I got to move. This whole area here, no matter how much I like my house itself, second chances for this house ain't happening. Or maybe you love your house, but it's just the environment. So you have to make a bigger choice depending on where you are in your life, if you can do it easily or not. And then, of course, there's another situation where there's that car constantly needing repair. You've had it for a while, hopefully, and it's been fine. And all of a sudden, it starts breaking down little by little by little. One thing goes wrong, and then another goes wrong, and then another. But you love your car. I mean, you've even named your car. When do you let it go? Do you fix it again and again? Do you buy another one or maybe just a used one? You give your car a second chance. That one's a hard one for some people, not because they're so attached to their car, but they don't want to spend the big bucks. And yet they start spending a thousand here and a thousand there for fixing it. So that's a time when a situation might make you go, should I give this car a second chance? And of course, there's finances. We try to save. And there's always a rainy day because if you put things away for a rainy day, guess what? There is going to be a rainy day and all of a sudden you don't have any money. Someone might actually steal from you or mislead you like a financial advisor. Or maybe you lend money to a friend and thought it was a lending and it was actually a giving because they never gave it back. So do you give the situation or the people a second chance? Money, most people don't want to give second chances to those people. But if they're professionals, they're going to go straight to the court and try and get their money back. But if it's a friend, you might hold a grudge. The relationship may never be the same again. Or you might go, ah, I knew I wasn't going to get the money back. I'm not worried about it. And at some point, maybe you do get it back. You have to know your friends for that. But sometimes it's really hard. And then giving second chances to things like going on a vacation. I had one that was canceled because there was a fire on an Alaskan cruise ship. And my parents, I mean, I was an adult, but my dad was diagnosed with Alzheimer's and my mom wanted me to go along to help. So we had a fire. The decision later was, okay, we got sent home. Do we go back again? And it was four of us that went, my sister and my parents and I, the first time and the second time my sister couldn't get away. So it was just the three of us the second time and we did go back. And then of course, COVID has canceled all kinds of things. I had another cruise, which I hadn't been on a cruise in years. And I was going on a Mississippi cruise with some wonderful ladies and all of a sudden canceled because of course it was April or May, I forget, of 20. So it was gone. We couldn't do it. 2020, I guess it was. Oh, it's been so long. I've lost track. Then you have the opportunity again, post-COVID or post towards the end, we hope of COVID. Can Should I go again? It's supposedly back on. Do I give it a second chance? Now, some decisions are going to be super easy compared to others. With situations that may be easier to rate something on a scale of 1 to 10, 
Do I keep it or do I change it? Because there's not usually as much emotion being involved as with people and relationships. I mean, jobs you just look at, can you go out and look for another job? Or is that too much of a change for me right now? Maybe at home, it's just the small repairs, so it's no big deal. But the large one or the crime rate that you can't change, you make, okay, this is going to be a no-brainer. I need to move. Maybe the car you have is a classic, so you don't want to do anything but hold on to it and then fix it as you can. But if it's a hunk of junk or something you've had for 10 years, you're going, time to turn it in. Maybe that's not as big of a deal. And finances, can you be smarter about what you do or get an education on how to handle it? Those are the kind of decisions you make. The second chance isn't going to be for that person, but you're going to go after your learning so that you do it smarter the next time with finances. But vacation may be the easiest. Unless there is unrest or you fear COVID, generally a vacation may be a definite retry and you want to do the second chance. Unless, of course, you can't get off time from work and you already took some time like with the fire cruise, that's what we called it. We're on the cruise, so we had some days off already. And so did we have some more days off or not? For At least for my sister and I, my parents were retired at the time. So for situations, things are a little usually more cut and dried. But what about people? Second chances for people. If it's a friend or a pseudo friend, it's going to look and feel generally a little different from a romantic second chance, which might feel like life or death. Or maybe it feels like you're spinning the wheel on your pistol and it's a Russian roulette thing. There's one bullet in there, or maybe they're all, they all have bullets all in the chamber, except one, which means that will you die in this relationship? Will it be horrible and awful and the relationship is going to be gone? Or is it going to work? So unless it's a close friend, generally romantic second chances are a little harder to decide on. Ask yourself about any type of person. Did they do something out of integrity with your core values? And can you live with that if you keep them in your life? If someone does something that's so dishonest, if they lied, if they cheated, is that something you can live with? Because if it's super out of your core value and you just end up holding onto it forever, you're going to be throwing it in their face all the time. You won't actually forgive them and move forward. You'll just be living in fear that it's going to happen again. And trust is huge. Do you know what the other person is thinking or feeling? Did you actually have that discussion with them? Or maybe it's a different form of communication like email. But did you talk about it in some way, shape, or form? What happened and how they're doing? And if you feel you need an apology or that you need to make an apology, that may not be a second chance. Maybe that's just closure. But sometimes it is the beginning of a second chance because you're going, oh my God, I am so sorry you took it that way. That's not what I meant. Or maybe I didn't mean to do that, or maybe I was being awful and I did mean to do it, but I'm really sorry, whatever it may be. And realize that some people feel shame about what they did. So they may withdraw. They may be uncommunicative because they don't want to own up to the fact that they did something they're ashamed of. That might be you, or it might be the other person. So if someone offers you a second chance and you're the one who did something you're ashamed of, own up to it. Tell them, you know, I'm really sorry. I was, I don't know why I did that. I'm so ashamed. You didn't deserve that or whatever you want to say. And people will be amazed that you are willing to own up to it sometimes because not everybody is. And realize that people get defensive if they feel attacked. So if you do offer a second chance to someone, 
or if someone offers it to you in a way that you're going, oh, that kind of hurts. Be aware that it's hard to do that sometimes. And also be aware how you go about offering a second chance to people because they may feel defensive. If you say it in a certain way that they're going, what do you mean that you forgive me? I didn't do anything. And that's when you need to decide if they're not aware of what they did, if they're willing to talk about it and to show them how what they did or said impacted you and how that hurt you. And ultimately, it depends with second chances on how much people have healed. If you push their buttons or they push yours, the first time you talk after a breakup or a meltdown, don't be surprised if certain words or behaviors trigger this gut reaction from you or them that you don't want put out there. And maybe sorry about later, and actually that may be them as well. Sometimes we only want to offer a second chance to others to fix them, which I kind of already mentioned. So be aware if that's what you're doing. And then, of course, sometimes you want to talk to them because they won't understand why they were wrong in your sights or what they did or said that was wrong to you, that didn't work for you. And realize that maybe you're trying to be right or self-righteous if you come off and say it the wrong way. So you want to make sure, like I said before, how you say something. If they get defensive, you know you pushed a button and you're going, "Uh uh-oh, how did I say that? You need to do it from a more loving place. Now, these next things can work with any type of person, but it's generally skewed towards a romantic relationship. And also, you can look at this from the person offering the second chance or if you're the person trying to decide if you want to take one that's being offered to you. I want to go into the eight bad reasons to give someone a second chance. And some of these are only bad if you don't do further thought and consideration into it. So for example, it might be a recent breakup and you're having second thoughts, but you haven't thought about it more than just, oh, maybe I shouldn't have done that without really considering why it happened in the first place. The second bad reason is you're only remembering the good times. Or when someone reminds you of the bad, you just make light of it like, oh, that was nothing. But if it was nothing, there was no reason to break up. So how do you really feel about it when you let yourself dwell on it? The third bad reason is that you would rather be with someone who isn't good for you, whether it's a friend or a romantic partner, than being alone. You really don't want to be alone. So you just rather stick with the person, or they used to say the devil, you know, they don't want to let that go. And of course, the fourth bad reason is you want to fix the person or the situation, and the other person doesn't want to be fixed. Got to realize that. They may not know they have to be fixed. Very few people are aware and are willing to change. They might say they are, but it's entrenched in who they are. So they don't actually change. It takes a lot to change. And they have to, of course, want to. And maybe they don't even see that there is a problem. They just think it's you because you're too touchy. You're too picky. You're too whatever. And they don't want to deal with you anymore. So be aware that if you want to fix them, they may not want to be fixed. Most people don't. The fifth bad reason is that your family and friends really like them. And maybe they're pressuring you because they want you to get back together because, well, what's the matter? He's, he or she is a great person. Why in the world did you break up? What were you thinking? And you're going, what was I thinking? Well, I could tell you, there's all these things that happened or that this person does or is that drives me crazy, that that's against my integrity, whatever it may be. 
But if your family and friends are pressuring you, don't let that be the reason that you go back to someone. And maybe you're afraid you'll never meet someone else to take their place. This is your last chance at happiness with a, especially a romantic partner. Or maybe it's your last good friend that you've got. Those are bad reasons. And the seventh one is that maybe they're calling you constantly saying that they've changed. That could be a good thing. But realize it's not the first reason to say, okay, I'll take you back. That would lead to discussions, to discussing boundaries, to really having that communication that you need in order to move forward. So that's a bad reason if that's the only part of it, if there's nothing after that. If they say they've changed and then they just want to get together and there's no discussion. And the last bad reason that I'm going to go into, there's a bunch of other ones. It's just that you're lonely, especially at night that happens. It's so easy to pick up the phone and text someone nowadays, have a booty call where you're going, hmm, I really don't want this a person in my life. And you're so sorry the next day, but you were so lonely. So find something to fill those lonely times if that is you and it hits you and you're going, oh, I don't want not to be a part of a couple. I want this person in my life. And you're going, but is it that person or is it a person? Not necessarily any person, but just a person. And that person that you've let go isn't the person that's good for you. Maybe. So look beyond these bad reasons. So again, the eight reasons that aren't so good to give someone a second chance without further communication is that it's a recent breakup and you're having second thoughts. You're only remembering the good times or you make light of the bad. You'd rather be someone who isn't good for you than being alone. You want to fix them, either the person or the situation, even if they don't think there's a problem. Your family and friends really like them. You're afraid you'll never meet someone else to take their place. They're calling you constantly saying they've changed, especially right after the breakup. And you're lonely. And you think anybody is better than nobody. Those are the eight bad reasons. So now let's get into the 10 questions to ask yourself before you actually say, okay, I want to offer a second chance. Because a little bit of introspection, thinking through before you just jump right back into, oh my God, what did I just do? Take a moment and look at these. First, have I taken any responsibility for what might have gone wrong the first time around? If you're only pointing fingers at the other person, you will learn nothing yourself. Maybe all you've learned is that you deserve better, that you're good enough, that you're smart enough. Maybe that's what you've learned. Or maybe you've learned that you should not let people walk on you and you have to set up boundaries because you let them get away with different, either saying things or doing things that made you unhappy and you never even told them until the big blow up because you couldn't take it anymore. So take whatever responsibility for your actions or inactions you need to so that then you can see what happened from your point of view because you can't change them, but you can change yourself and learn yourself. The second thing is when you look at the behavior that caused the breakup, is it a pattern of long standing? Ooh, so easy to see this in other people. You might see somebody break up with somebody, get back together with them, break up, get back together. And there's all this yelling or all this just constant back and getting together, breaking up. And you're going, what, what are you doing? Why are you doing this? Or even better yet, which really doesn't look like a pattern to the person involved. Every single person after they break up, you're so happy they've gotten rid of this person who isn't good for them. They get together with someone else. It's the same person in different clothing, different face, different name, 
same person because they're acting the same way in the relationship. So if you look at that behavior that caused the breakup, is it a pattern? Maybe the pattern is that you're going, oh, I'm always choosing these types of people. These are not good for me. That's why this isn't working. Or maybe is that the other person you're looking at, their behavior is always the same kind of behavior. Is there something you can look at in the future to say, okay, when I'm looking for a new person, this is the kind of behavior I don't want. It's a red flag. So let me look at that. The third question to ask yourself is, have I forgiven the other person for anything they've said or not said or done or not done? Because if I haven't, I'm going to be really easy for my buns to be pushed if they ever do the same thing again. Bring it up, maybe constantly, or it'll smolder and I won't say a word, but oh, I'm going to be so hurt and so annoyed and so angry that something happened again. When didn't they understand that's what happened the first time when we broke up or the second or third time when we broke up. So you need to forgive them. The question after that is, have I forgiven myself for anything I did or didn't do or said or didn't say? Maybe I didn't speak my truth or maybe I yelled at them the first time I did. Or maybe I did something that was against my nature or maybe my nature, but it hurt them. I didn't want to hurt them, but this is me. This is what I do. So look at yourself. Look at forgiveness of them and of yourself. Have you done any of that work at all? The fifth question to ask yourself is, do I feel the need to be right all the time or to be in control of the situation or the person all the time? I mean, we're human. Those are two things that we all want. I always thought I wanted to be in control. I'm in control. But I took a class and really what I wanted was to be right all the time, which shocked the heck out of me. I was like, really? Okay, well, I guess getting A's in school, I didn't want that. Okay, well, maybe it's a little more than I thought it was. Hmm, we're human. If you feel the need to be right all the time, or maybe they do, or in control of you, or you want to be in control of them, maybe that needs to be healed before you move forward. Another question is, do I feel like I was doing all the work in the relationship? I was the one doing the romantic gestures. I was the one who made sure their birthday was always celebrated. I'm the one that did the sweet little things for that person. I was the one maybe that always initiated sex. I was the one, and I'm exhausted. I want somebody who wants me as much as I want them. Maybe that's what you see. But if you are fine with the person that's always doing all the work in the relationship from your point of view, how comfortable are you with that? Is that something you can live with? Because you don't want to offer somebody a second chance unless you talk about it with them, of course, if you communicate it with them to say, hey, if we get back together, it would really make me feel loved if you showed that you love me in more ways. You did things for me or cared. Some people just don't do that sort of thing very much, but you can ask for it, even if they don't normally do it. Because whether that's fixing them or not, to me, that just means it's telling them, this is what really would make me feel good. And it's sort of if they love you, they'll go a little out of their comfort zone and do a few things. Maybe you, you want flowers once a month or just once in a while. Think about me when you see flowers. And if you have a minute, maybe you buy a, a little bunch of something. That's not $50, but maybe it's just a little bunch from Safeway or something. Then the next thing to ask yourself is, am I willing to put up the boundaries I need with this person? Because sometimes we just can't accept what certain people are doing for us and to us. If they're not meeting your expectations, 
there's got to be some boundaries, especially if they go way off in a different direction. If you're willing to put up boundaries, you have to also be willing to enforce the boundaries if they cross them. What are the consequences? Some of the consequences could include walking away. Three strikes, you're out, maybe. But if it's just taking the garbage out, it's not as big of a deal. You just say, hey, I'm not taking the garbage out. It can overflow until you get around to it. But if they're working nights or they never see the garbage because they're not home, that's not going to help any. That may not be a good job for them. Really look at the kind of boundaries that you need with somebody before you give them a second chance. And then be willing to discuss it and say what the consequences are if they cross those boundaries. You don't want to constantly tell them, I'm leaving you if you do this. I'm leaving you if that. That doesn't make for very good comfort level in a relationship. But you can still set up your boundaries and say, I'm uncomfortable with some of the things that have been happening. I feel hurt when you do this or when you, when that, you say that. It hurts my feelings. You may not realize it, but it does. And if you realize it, then shame on you because you shouldn't do that. And if you want to hurt my feelings, then maybe you're not the right person for me. The eighth question is ask yourself is if you're willing to make compromises if it's necessary to make it work. You don't want to go against your integrity, against your core values, but there are certain compromises you have to make. I know that my mother didn't make that many compromises from what I could tell, but my dad, he seemed to make more. He was a little more easygoing than my mom, which made me go, oh, I want to be more like my dad than my mom, but I don't want to be walked on either. Hmm, this is an interesting choice. How many compromises do you make? I think on a scale of one to 10, if it goes above a five for me for compromise, they better be willing to do something for me above that scale for them. And it's not like I count on one hand or the other. I've compromised five times. Now it's up to you to compromise five times. I don't do that. But I'm aware if I feel exhausted, if I feel unloved, if I feel like it's leeching the energy out of me, if I'm the one giving all the time. So making compromise can't only be on one side. The ninth question to ask yourself is if you've already healed from any past hurts. Because if whatever caused some of the problems in the first place, you're going to have those buttons being pushed again, the triggers going off. All those things are going to happen all over again if you step into a second chance from one side or the other, if those aren't healed. And if you don't think you can trust them, You can't make anything work. You can try, I'll try to trust you, but you cheated on me. It's very rare that's going to work. Because if you don't think you can trust them, you won't. You'll find ways to question all of their behavior. If they won't be there for you, there's no reason to trust them. So those are the 10 things to ask yourself. And let me just quickly go over those 10 again. Have I taken any responsibility for what might have gone wrong in the first time around? When you look at the behavior that caused the breakup, is it a pattern of long standing? Have I forgiven the other person? Have I forgiven myself? And those are for things said or not said and done or not done. Do I feel the need to be right all the time or in control all the time? And how does that impact this relationship in the past? The sixth thing was, do I feel like I was doing all the work in the relationship? Am I willing to put up the boundaries I need with this person? And if yes, then how do I enforce the boundaries if they cross them? Am I willing to do those consequences? 
The eighth thing is, am I willing to make compromises if necessary? Am I healed from any past hurts? And do you trust them? Those are the 10. So now the fun parts are the five really good reasons to offer or accept a second chance. You have a history with that person. You love them and you really want them in your life. And you're thinking, hmm, I really, really want them in my life. Is this thing huge? Is it something minor in the long run? Can we get through it? Because I really, really want this person in my life. It feels like an arm would be cut off. If I was thinking they were dead instead, would I want them back? God, yes, or no, I kind of feel relieved. Well, that kind of tells you it's a second chance is not to be happened. But if you do have that history that you love them and you really want to try to make it work, if there's no abuse involved, it doesn't hurt to give that a try. The second really good reason is that you've seen a shift in them or in yourself, and it just feels in the depths of your being right. We have to listen to our intuition and our instinct. Does this feel right to go back and try this again? The third really good reason is that you can see both sides of what may have happened to cause this rift or the misunderstanding. You can see both sides. It's very clear to you. And the really cool thing is that you can live with it if it happens again from a better place. And what that means is you see both sides, you're for to feel neutral because you can see how they acted, you can see how you acted, and you're going, okay, I'm okay now. If it works or if it doesn't work, I'm good with whichever way it happens because I can see that there were issues and I'm from a more neutral place now. It's kind of two things, but I put them together. The fourth thing is that you're ready to accept the other person without needing to fix them. You say, you know, I love them the way they are. And this thing that bugged me, it's not even important. Perhaps that's the thing you put the boundary around but you're ready to accept them because you know you cannot fix them. So you have to decide what you want to do. And the most important time to know it's a good reason is that you just feel at peace. No matter what happens, whether it works or it doesn't work, you just want to feel that you need to give it a try. And I did that with a relationship where I was never included in his life. I was in that little pocket. I was in one compartment of his life or two, but I wasn't in the rest of his life and I couldn't understand what was going on and what the big deal was. And I finally told him, I need more. I need more from you. I need to be in the rest of your life. We've been going together, I don't know, six months or something. What's happening? What's the big deal? And he just said, I just, I I can't do it. I can't do it. And I felt like I was becoming a different person because I was angry. I was trying to wheedle him into doing it. And I thought, I can't do this. This isn't who I am. I'm not an unhappy person. I'm not a pushy person that way. You either want to be in my life or you don't. But friends, I'm willing to, the hermit type, I'll go after them and say, hello, love you, hope you're doing okay. And that's it. But if you feel at peace, I went to this integrity class and where I said I wanted, I thought I wanted to be in control all the time and I didn't, I wanted to be right. And I worked through so many of those issues. I saw how I reacted in communications and all these, it was a really great class putting out by Star's Edge. And I looked at it and I went, huh, by the time I was done, I was in such a peaceful state. I've never been there before. Sort of a deep joy and a deep peace. And I was ready to go back and try again. And if it worked, it worked. And if it didn't, it didn't. 
I was going to give all I had for it, but I wasn't attached to the outcome. And I finally knew what people meant by that. Because people say, don't be attached to the outcome. It's like, yeah, right. Whatever. It's hard to feel that way. But sometimes you can. You can let it go. You can realize that I'm okay. If it works, it works. If it doesn't, it doesn't. But I love this person from a deep place. And I'm ready to take out that step and trust that if it's going to work, it will. And it didn't for me. It was like four or five months later, and I had put my boundaries up and said, I only need to know what we're doing by my birthday, whether we're moving forward or not, so that I'm in your life or I'm not. And he called me and said, you're not going to be in my life. And I was like, oh, well, thanks for the phone call. Uh, Okay, then. And I was like, momentarily sad. And I was like, no, I'm, I'm okay. And I took him at his word and I chopped my hair off like so many women do. It's like cut off that past history. And I was okay. I had that momentary sad of, oh, I didn't see him coming through, but I was hoping for the best. And it felt right. I didn't have that much attachment to the outcome. So I was at peace with it. And I wish for you, if you decide to go forward, to be able to find that place. Because honestly, it feels right. It feels good. And you're there for the right reasons. Now, we all can see people that have a romantic interest in someone that each one looks the same. We can see those people. I mentioned that a little bit. You can see when people have the same kind of person over and over again, or the same person that treats them the same every time they break up and they go back for a second chance. Or maybe they have the same bad boss or neighbors or the romantic relationship, even if the other person can't see it. You can see it in your friend. Maybe every time they get a new job, they keep leaving because the boss sucks. And all of a sudden, the boss is bad at the next one too. And you're going, hmm, is it the boss or is it this person? Why are they attracting that sort of thing? So think about them and then think about yourself and look at your own patterns. Do you bring people to you that are negative people all the time or have the same pattern with certain relationships? Then it's time to go deeper before you offer someone a second chance or even take one. Maybe you need to talk to a life coach. Or if it's super deep and abusive in your background, maybe you need to go straight to a therapist. Because as life coaches, I and we in general help people move forward from where they're at. We don't delve into the past so much that we unearth it and really go through it at a deep level, like a therapist will. We do a little bit of that so we can see where it comes from and then bounce forward and make plans and go over some of those blocks that come up, the fears. and But normally we can help people move through those fairly quickly. But we are goal driven to make your life a better place, a more joyful place. So when you're looking at your patterns, can you move those on your own? And the answer can be, yes, I can. Or it might be, mm, need a little help here. Then know that you deserve to have some help because you deserve to have a great life. What you put out, you receive back. It's the law of attraction. Until you realize that you need to heal some of your limiting beliefs you may not change that. You need to know that you deserve to have wonderful people in your life. And I do have two episodes that might help. One of them is about self-confidence and the other is about healing your heart. So if either of those things need to be done before you offer or accept a second chance, the names of those are 
eight keys to boost your self-confidence now? And is it time to open your heart to love? The one is just a couple of weeks ago when it came out. The other one's a little farther back. So again, those are eight keys to boost your self-confidence now. And is it time to open your heart to love? Either of those can help you move beyond if you're stuck. Because you are enough. You're good enough. You're smart enough. You're attractive enough. But loving yourself and knowing that those are true are usually the first step in order to realize and accept that you are so that you can then attract those people to you that think you are good enough, smart enough, attractive enough. If you don't believe in yourself first, that won't happen. So second chances, those are worth giving, but only if you do it for the right reason. If you do it because it feels right, deep in your soul, that intuition, that knowingness says this actually can work, whether it's a job or a boss. And so many times we need to change our attitudes, adjust what we're doing, maybe set up boundaries and go, okay, if this happens one more time, I'm kind of done and see what happens. Sometimes we need to just communicate to, especially our loved ones, and we may not do it quite right. Sometimes you have to try communication from five different angles before they understand what you actually want and mean, and that you mean it if you've never set a boundary in your life. Realize that you can, you may need a little practice. Maybe you go a little overboard at first, and I'm going to have a whole show on boundaries coming up, but know that you deserve to have a happy and joyful life. So second chances, do you want to offer them? Do you want to accept them? That's depending on every situation and on the relationship. Each one is different. How you feel is the most important part. Thank you for joining me here today. You do deserve to have a wonderful life and connect to your joy. So keep moving forward, growing, and realizing that this is a truth for you and for each of us. Thank you for listening to Connect to Joy. If you love the show, make sure you rate, review, and share this podcast. And subscribe so you never miss an episode. Contact the host, Carol DeShane, with questions and comments, ideas for future episodes, or if you would like to become a guest. And remember, transformation is a journey and not an end destination. So be kind to yourself, because you are already enough to have the joyful, limitless life that you desire.